This is episode 553 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Making Cement and Lime Like in the Old Days. Hey, I'm Todd Spolvita, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the HydroBlue VersaFlow water filter. Now, I've created a free video and a PDF tutorial that shows you how to turn the VersaFlow into a family-sized water filter. And right now, you can get this family-sized water filter for under $25. So if you want to watch the video, you want to get the free PDF tutorial and a code for 20% off of the VersaFlow, click the link in the show notes or visit PrepperWebsite.com forward slash VersaFlow. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 553. Hey, let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from PreppersWill.com and it's entitled Making Cement and Lime Like in the Old Days. Now this is a very interesting article. You know, one of the things people say, like if there was a big, you know, catastrophic apocalypse type event, right? So EMP, that we would go back to the to the dark ages or the middle ages or whatever. And I don't know, you know, there's other people who say we, we really wouldn't go that far because we there's so much knowledge. We have so much knowledge out there. And so this is one of those things where, man, this is so, I mean, there's a little bit of skill that goes into this, but really... If you have the materials and you have the setup, you can make cement and you can make structures that can last a long, long time. And so I think this is a very interesting article and uh, one that I think you will enjoy. So let's go ahead and jump into it again from PreppersWill.com, making cement and lime like in the old days. Making cement was an invaluable skill in ancient times. The ancient Greeks, Roman and Etruscans, and probably the Babylonians and the Abyssinians, I think that's right, Abyssinians as well, they all did it. So did the Toltecs in Mexico and the Incas in Peru. So to become self-sufficient and get rid of your addiction to modern technology, you should learn how to make cement if you plan to live off the grid. Now, all the ancient cultures made cement without the use of electricity or petroleum products. And their cement glued masonry is still standing in structures they built their empires on. With a little trial and error experimentation, you too can heat and crush limestone and make your own cement. Though it seems a miraculous powder, with the ability to bond rocks into solid and long-lasting structures, cement is actually a very simple compound. So limestone, one of the world's most common sedimentary rocks, if heated, changes chemically releasing carbon dioxide. If the limestone used as high clay content, the resulting lumps can be beaten to a powder that is cement. This product is known in the industry as natural cement. Relatively pure limestone without clay, when heated and powdered, produces lime. Yes, it's that easy. So here's a little bit of history. Until the 18th century, cement was made according to the assumptions and methods used in Roman times. All cements were natural cement made from whatever limestone was handy. Consequently, some of those natural cements hardened quicker and solidified better than others. 
Then in 1756, John Smeaton built the Eddystone Lighthouse near Plymouth, England, a structure renowned today as the chief pillar of modern architecture. Smeaton experimented with various limestones and realized that the rocks which made the best cement had a high clay content. He assumed, rightly, that it was the mixture of clay and lime that hardened it into what he called artificial stone. Seventy-five years later, Joseph Aspen, an English bricklayer, vowed to create a cement as strong as the famous stone quarried on the Isle of Portland, the stone that built St. Paul's Cathedral in London. Aspen blended powdered limestone, clay, and water, then allowed the mixture to dry by evaporation. He broke the resulting mixture into lumps and threw them into a kiln. After baking and then powdering, the result was cement, what he called Portland cement. It was as good a building material as the stone from the Isle of Portland. Aspen was the first to understand that combining specific ratios of clay to limestone under high temperatures created a consistently high-quality cement. On October 21, 1824, he was awarded patent number 5082 from King George IV for his discovery. So Portland cement is still made essentially to Aspen's recipe, but with a trial and error approach, based on some informed guesswork, anyone can still make cement using locally gathered material and the available energy of charcoal or coal. A natural cement made in that manner may not be as consistently strong or quick setting as the bagged kind, but even an approximately correct blending of limestone and clay can produce an excellent cement. So best of all, the materials needed are accessible almost everywhere, no matter what the condition of the consumer society. The first ingredient in the natural cement recipe is limestone. Luckily, one of the most common rocks on this continent. Those who don't know the location of any limestone near them can check a geological survey map of their area, available from most state university geology departments, state or federal geological societies, or state mine bureaus. A limestone is a relatively soft, fine-grained rock, often gray, white, or black in color, but then so are many other rocks. One test for limestone is to break a rock in parts and if the odor of the newly broken faces resemble swamp gas, it's limestone. Also, if a small amount of diluted hydrochloric acid added to a scratch on the surface of the rock produces bubbles of effervescence, the rock is limestone. The key to the production of good natural cement is an appropriate proportion between clay and pure limestone. Most limestone are not pure, but are already mixed with clay. Unfortunately, there is no easy way to discover what proportion is present in a particular rock. Microscopic analysis is necessary for that. So how do you make natural cement? The best way to find out about the suitability of any specific limestone sample is to try to make cement from it. Heat and powder it, then add water to the powder. If it sets easily to firmness and dries hard, the proportion is adequate. The optimum quantity is one quarter clay to three quarters pure limestone. If the mixture does not make good cement, most likely clay will have to be added. Of course, one problem with the trial and error method is that all the limestone from one area is not chemically identical. The clay content can vary from stone to stone. Limestone is present in layers. However, 
By taking only stone from one layer, the consistency of the final product is more likely. To heat the limestone, begin with rocks of similar size. Approximately fist-sized pieces are ideal, with certainly none larger than about 6 inches in diameter. The goal of the heating is to calcine the rock, to bake it to a temperature just below its melting point. The amount of heat changes the chemistry of the stone, purging it of carbon dioxide. The specific temperatures involved vary with the percentage of clay present in the sample, but roughly within the ranges of 1800 to 2500 degrees Fahrenheit, about 1000 to 1400 degrees Celsius. The temperature that turns metal white hot in a blacksmith's forge. Now, that high temperature range is certainly not impossible to produce, but it does require a special kiln. The walls of such a kiln would have to be made of brick and the exhaust vent very tall to produce a strong draft. Forced air intake using a fan or bellows could be needed. Wood cannot generally produce such high temperatures, though both coal and charcoal have the concentrated BTUs, or British Thermal Units, required. Now inside the kiln, after a charge or a layer of fuel and tinder is placed at the bottom, alternate layers of the coal or charcoal fuel with limestone. Seal the kiln except for the air intake vents. Light the charge and after the fire consumes all the fuel, allow it to cool. The calcinine limestone will resemble the original rocks but will be chemically different. After removing those rocks from the kiln, crush them and mix the resulting powder to promote uniformity. The crushing of the calcinine rock is quite easy. A metal bar, like made from an automobile axle for example, pounding into a salvaged brake drum will pulverize these rocks. The resulting powder is cement. Now make sure to store it carefully to prevent moisture absorption and mix it with water immediately before use. Now making the distinction between natural cement and lime. If the limestone selected, heated and powdered was pure without significant clay content, the result will be lime. Again, the same problem of identification arises. Without chemical analysis, there is no easy way to tell if the resulting powder is lime or natural cement, other than adding water and waiting for the mix to set. Natural cement, of course, hardens to rock-like firmness in a day or two. Lime won't harden. In both cases, adding water to the powder creates heat. Cement, as it hardens, gets warm, but lime gets so hot it can be explosive. So beware and test only small portions. Quicklime is the name given to the powder resulting from calcining of pure limestone. Due to its dangerous tendency to heat explosively in contact with water, quicklime is often slacked or mixed carefully with small amounts of water. Slacking is done most safely by sprinkling water carefully on thin layers of quicklime, not powdered, just left in lump form, on a floor or a platform. Add water until no more is readily absorbed, then turn the quicklime and moisten it again. The lumps of quicklime crumble as the water combines. So cement and lime are both readily available to anyone with a kiln, fuel, and limestone. Ancient civilization around the world discovered that process millennia ago. Today, in remote sections of the developing world, cement and lime are still made that way. 
So armed with this knowledge, survivalists do not need to rely on modern consumer society for these two very useful products. Making cement and lime is an easy process if you pay attention to all the details. It's one of the skills that can help you become self-sufficient if you choose an independent life, far from the constraints of the consumerist society. Being able to build something sturdy and long-lasting with your own hands provides a satisfaction that is hard to express in just a few words. After all, the goal of preppers is to become self-sufficient and survive using our own knowledge and means. Print this article and add it to your survival file. You'll never know when you might need such information. All right, guys, so there's not really any comments here, but I, like I said, I think it's a very interesting article to consider and how easy it is to make a substance that if you needed to make a shelter, you know, can really harden it. And, and maybe you're not making, you know, a full, a full on home with something like this. Maybe you're just using it to help uh, solidify the roof, right? And to create a roof. So whatever you, you have, uh, you know, underneath is, you know, you're not making it with tree limbs and, and different things like that. And, you know, causing that to, uh, you know, eventually disintegrate. But anyway, you know, if you do, I know the article was written with the intention of if you're living off grid, you can make your own cement. I, I mean, I think right now going through all that trouble, I, I would definitely just go to the store, go to Home Depot and, and buy cement. Right. I mean, it's I think it'd be a lot easier than going through that process. But knowing how to do it, at least knowing, you know, the, the process behind it, I think is very valuable. And so, uh, like he said here, if you are one of those people that go to articles and you print them out because you want to keep them for, for a long time or you want to be able to reference them if the Internet's not around or something like that, that might be one of those articles that you, that you go and you check out. At least knowing the process behind it and, and how to do it. I, like I said just just now, I think it's very valuable. And so it's uh, very interesting. I love the history of this, knowing that, you know, men of, you know, not too long ago, right? I mean, we're talking it, as far as the history of the world goes, 1700s, 1800s, you know, they started, you know, manipulating lime and, you know, heating that up and using water and creating this these structures man that like that lighthouse that's still standing and 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 all you know making stone that and they're they're calling the stone that's going to last forever kind of like you know the from the quarry that built this church and all that kind of stuff and i just think man that's just really cool just human ingenuity you know kicks in and there's just so much knowledge out there and people when they really put their minds to it can really come up with some really great things and and really solve a lot of problems. Unfortunately, doesn't it make you you just your stomach turn when you look at the world where we're at right now and it's like everybody's fighting, right? And what could we do if everybody was working together and we were making the world a better place, right? And so I know I'm going to like, you know, uh you know, angel singing and unicorns and all that kind of stuff, but when you think about what some of the people in in the past and our past history have done. They've created some really great things. And that knowledge and that information is out there. And they did it a lot of the times without modern technology. And so that means that it can continue to happen. And so that's always very hopeful. And that's a great thing to, you know, to know. 
and put a stake down and say, you know what, there, there is the, that great possibility to survive and thrive in the future. So anyway, guys, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and remind you that this article is going to be linked in the show notes. And so you can come over to PreppersWill.com and check out this article, Making Cement in Lime, like in the old days. And you can go check it out for yourself. All right, everyone, that is it for episode 553. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to ThePrepperWebsitePodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.